Hello Rebels, I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Tonight my guest is Carrie Simpson from Culture Guard and she's telling us the long and convoluted and kind of frightening story of how she ended up in Jonathan Yaniv's orbit and now she is embroiled in a legal dispute with the vexatious transgender activist from Surrey, British Columbia. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers to Rebel News Plus get access to my show as well as other great TV-style shows too, like Ezra's Nightly, Ezra Levant Show, and David Menzies' fun Friday night show Rebel Roundup. It's only eight bucks a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for my podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus membership by using the coupon code podcast. When you subscribe, just go to rebelnews.com slash subscribe to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast because those reviews are a great way to support The Rebel and help other people find the podcast without you ever having to spend a dime. And now please enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. There's another vulnerable victim of Jonathan Yaniv you may never have heard of. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. now most of the world has probably heard of vexatious British Columbian transgender activist Jonathan Yaniv. He spent months dragging vulnerable, often immigrant esthetician women in front of the Human Rights Tribunal because these young women objected to waxing his male genitals for a number of reasons, ranging from religious safety and skill set objections. And from the beginning, Rebel News has been covering the Jonathan Yaniv sideshow. Yaniv has assaulted two of my colleagues for trying to do their jobs. And Yaniv recently pled guilty to weapons charges for brandishing a taser on a live stream with YouTuber Blair White. But the Yaniv freak show, well, it never subsides. Today, I want to introduce you to Carrie Simpson from Culture Guard, who has been helping somebody else who was victimized by Jonathan Yaniv and now Carrie is the target of Yaniv's vitriol. Here's the interview we recorded yesterday afternoon when Carrie tells us this full, unbelievable, crazy story. Now, from her office in British Columbia is Carrie Simpson. She's the president of Culture Guard, and we are going to talk about something completely unrelated to the coronavirus. However, it is still a plague upon our society. Yes, I'm talking about Jonathan and Eve. Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a couple of weeks since I've seen you. I ran into you at the courthouse in Surrey. Um, 
why don't you tell us first a little bit about who and what Culture Guard is and what you do? Uh, Sheila, Culture Guard, regrettably, is an organization that's much needed now here in Canada. And we find ourselves now becoming a bit of an international organization in that we work closely with a lot of American groups, the UK, Australia. Um, but basically what we do is monitor the relationship between the state and the family, the state and our rights as far as um, those uh, pillars of what we believe our democracy are, you know, freedom of expression slash speech, uh, the right to have faith, um, parental rights, because we see the growing encroachment of the state taking over children. So those issues keep us very, very busy on in all these countries. Now, I'm going to address some of the criticisms of Culture Guard really quickly. You are often accused as being anti-LGBTQ, but in my assessment, you are more about the autonomy of parents and parents' rights. And in fact, you frequently work quite closely with a trans individual. Well, we've never, as a matter of fact, my, my public statement for the 25 odd years that I've been doing this is I will defend anybody's rights to freely express themselves. But when those rights start trespassing on my rights, uh, my rights to parent, my rights to instill values and morals into my children, my right to protect my granddaughter from men um, changing in recreation bathrooms of the local rec facilities. That's when that, that's when I stand up. And of course, that in this day and age is, uh, you know, not acceptable to what I call the squawk box minority, um, you know, or the horde as they now are becoming. Yeah. Um, so I think what we've seen now is enough people standing up and speaking back. I will not adopt somebody's delusion that a man can be a woman. I will not go by their pronouns and all the other nonsense, um, not for just my sake, but for their sake. I don't believe engaging in somebody's mental health issue is particularly helpful to them. So as a result of that, and, and you know, the funny thing is, is that um, coming up just uh, within the next few days is going to be a court hearing in uh, New Westminster on the very fact because a church lost its ability to hold a big youth event because Carrie Simpson was speaking at it. And uh, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom took the case on behalf of the pastors there. And I say right on. It's not often that you see uh, Christian churches standing up and fighting back, but we're seeing more of that now. Uh, but they actually hired researchers to go and pour through everything I've ever said and done that's now on the Internet, those poor people, you know, to find out anything that would remotely resemble something that could be, you know, forget hate, even mean-spirited. You're not going to find it. I have friends who are part of that community, friends who say, Carrie, those squawk box leaders don't speak on behalf of me. Um, we support you. We support parental rights. So I think we're seeing more courage now coming from people within the LGBT community speaking out and going, you know, this is insane now, especially when you start messing with the kids, Sheila. Yeah, that seems to be uh, for any politician that's political suicide uh, for common civil Canadians of all stripes. Uh, that's the barrier that you don't dare cross. And, and certainly we're seeing that. So we're seeing a lot of movement. It's actually a very good thing that's going on here. Yeah, I think the further uh, the left moves left, they actually leave behind a lot of their allies. Um, for example, Jen Smith is a oh. huge ad a transgender individual, huge advocate. 
for parents' rights and stopping the sexualization of children and the early introduction of gender theory to little kids, like five years old. Thank goodness that Jen Smith is out there sounding the alarm bells. He's doing a tremendous job, um, especially for vulnerable youth, um, as Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe some of your viewers know as well, you know, he is a product of the foster system. And uh, that brings a lot of um, hurt, but a lot of insight into how far government will go in its willingness to abuse vulnerable children. And certainly he is a strong voice on that front and a much needed voice. Now, let's talk about why you're really on the show today. First off, I wanted to introduce people to you. And secondarily, um, we have um, a, a person in common who dislikes both of us immensely. You're sort of tangled up in the Jonathan Yaniv orbit. Tell us first how you got involved in the uh, spider web of Jonathan Yaniv. And I guess after that, we'll get into now you're getting dragged into legal proceedings, whereas you were sort of a, a helper of one of Jonathan Yaniv's victims. Now you're getting sucked into the legal system because of him. Well, and and um, I'm hoping that we can turn that into a positive, Sheila. Yes, I've appreciated our every couple of week uh, encounters at the yeah. court. It's been fun, uh, never boring. Where where Yaniv is involved, but also tragic because, you know, the amount of resources of taxpayers that are being eaten up to um, accommodate and facilitate and entertain. I think to to some degree. Uh, Jonathan Yaniv is is very concerning. So my first involvement came back unbeknownst to most people um, when one of the victims of the Human Rights Tribunal, an esthetician who had been targeted by Yaniv, um, came and uh, found herself the target of his one of his first human rights campaigns. And I sat across and listened to this girl um, and her story, and I was horrified. I mean, yeah. you know, here's a mom with a child and this bully taking her to the Human Rights Tribunal. Now, I'm no stranger to Human Rights Tribunals. I've been hauled up by sex activists before um, for daring to promote parental rights within the public education system. And, you know, when I when, when they first targeted me, they said, oh, you know, everybody went, oh, Carrie, you have to mediate. You know, the Human Rights Tribunals are yeah. left-wing, blah, blah, blah. Man, that's not in me. So I said, no, we're going to fight. Well, for whatever reason, that got the eight to nine complainants very concerned. And these are sex activist teachers within the public education system and a lawyer, very uh, infamous um, activist by the name of Barbara Finley. And in that case, once I said, no, we're going to tribunal, apparently they got a bit worried. It took two years, Sheila. Then I had to subpoena the complainants to show up in their own case. Um, We had one day of hearing with one witness. We got so much damning evidence that they withdrew the case. So, um, you know, we don't fear these things. It's a good opportunity to go and get information and expose what's going on. So we helped this young woman. uh, The Justice Center decided that they were going to represent her. And once she um, lawyered up, shall we say, uh, Yaniv did not pursue her anymore. But there were other victims and they were very scared to come forward because some of them 
were working jobs that weren't particularly licensed for those kinds of things. So he has them really in a vulnerable spot. Um, so I did attend only one day of the BC Human Rights Tribunal hearings involving the estheticians. And uh, <laughs> that was, you, you couldn't sell a better ticket to, to any entertainment going on. Did um, you learn too much about somebody's genitals? Because I was sort of following along online and I was learning things that I, I wish I never learned. Yeah, <laughs> you know, regrettably, um, with this, with the whole Soji agenda, one has had to learn more about genitals and what you can do and do with do about them um, than anybody should have to know. But yes, as far as one particular individual, yes, way too much information um, and imagined information as well, because not all of it, I don't think, was medically um, involved. Uh, uh, factual there. Um, yeah. But I did get a really um, good opportunity to watch one of the lawyers for the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, JCCF, by the name of Jay Cameron. Yeah. And um, I applaud him, not only for his self-discipline, but anyone that can maintain the state of professionalism as you have had to do <laughs> and as Keenan has tried to do. Um, <laughs> you know, where this individual is involved is nothing short of award-winning. I, I think we need to have a new award show um, that the survivors of Yaniv and those <laughs> that have had to participate can, in fact, um, be recognized publicly. So that that was my, my uh, growing introduction. And of course, we had, you know, we were asked to help, you know, uh, talk to the other victims in the esthetician case and those kinds of things. So Culture Guard does a lot of behind the scenes work uh, legally. We help people. We help lawyers. Um, next, because, you know, who needs to be involved in any more insanity in Canada than, you know, deliberately getting involved in anything Yaniv? Uh, so we really didn't do too much except to just sort of monitor what was going on. And, uh, you know, there's enough other craziness in, in Canada right now um, that, you know, we're, we're occupied fully <laughs> on, on just maintaining some attempt to keep logic um, involved in government decisions and um, administrative decisions. But so next, um, I started receiving calls for help for this Donald Smith. Now, Donald is an individual that I know. Donald is a intellectually vulnerable man who I've has met Donald. He means well. I've met him a few times. Um, nice, nice man means well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, can be annoying. Can be provocative. So Donald Smith is a product of the foster system and has also, you know, some other challenges: Asperger's, autism. So emotionally and intellectually vulnerable, um, yet he's brilliant when it comes to technology. It's the most fascinating thing to watch. Um, this guy who is, his brain just fires on all cylinders. So uh, Donald's claim to fame, though, came when he took his video reporting company um, to the human rights tribunals involving and even the estheticians. And uh, he was following another independent reporting company um, and they were trying to get an interview with Jonathan Yaniv. Once Jonathan learned who they were, he just headed off. This was back when he was still on his scooter. And um, 
and uh, tried desperately to get into the building, didn't want to talk to them. And Donald very calmly followed behind asking questions about why he goes on online chats with um, and talks sexually with minor children. Um, Yaniv didn't want to have any of that. So as they got closer to the elevator, Yaniv became very, very violent and threatening. And uh, Donald captured on his recording uh, video, uh, Yaniv threatening to pepper spray them, pulling the fire alarm, engaging in all kinds of annex, threatening them. And, uh, you know, suddenly his ability to be mobile was very obvious by standing up and he's quite a large guy. And uh, then as the elevator door shuts, you know, that the, the, that was one segment. Then he also exposed the fact that Yaniv on his own channel was reporting how many protesters and he needed 13 officers. And Donald kind of called bullshit. <laughs> That's right. And put these videos out very publicly. Uh, so Yaniv got, that's when Donald Smith got in the crosshairs of Jonathan Yaniv. Uh, and, of course, the more Yaniv sought attention online, the more Donald reported on him. So there are a number of videos that Donald has generated um, reporting on the, the conduct of Yaniv, including Yaniv in a swimming pool in Harrison Hot Springs, you know, talking to his fans. I mean, it's this creepy, horrible stuff. And, of course, um, Donald was more than happy to report on um, this individual who um, is well known for grooming young girls. That's no secret at this point. Taking pictures of himself in girls' washrooms. I mean, the the, the list goes on. So uh, there is this whole online community that is happening around um, Jessica, Jonathan, Yaniv. That is a whole nother world. You know, people used to watch soap operas on television this is a new the new generation creates soap operas online so we have places like kiwi farms with dedicated threads of to to jonathan yaniv meow mix um (laughs) good perv nerd and all like and it's been an education for me as somebody who uh, you know, has to be on, uh, you know, you have to be on social media, but yeah. I usually just post. I don't do a whole bunch of time reading. So um, there became this um, ongoing um, back and forth between Yaniv and some of these other people. And, you know, it was don't pull any punches kind of stuff. Regrettably, uh, Yaniv started believing that Donald was responsible, for instance, for phoning him a lot. Well, finally, um, and and Yaniv is vicious online. He taunts, he torments. And uh, one of the post-millennial reporters by the name of Anna Slatz finally said, I'm tired of this. And she got Donald's telephone logs and proved that it wasn't him. Anyway, so there's a lot of this kind of stuff. But Yaniv gets so upset at Donald. Now, Donald did phone him once to try to get an interview following up the incident at um, the BC Human Rights Tribunal, which is what a good reporter would do. And uh, he happened to be live streaming at the time. So we hear Yaniv threatening Donald with to kill him. And I mean, it's it is 
terrifying the the threats that were coming across um the the live stream and of course donald being donald reacts you know he says well you're threatening me online you know um and to donald's credit although he gets quite excited at those kinds of things due to his 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 challenges um he maintained you know he didn't threaten back at this point these kinds of things so over the course of the next few months Donald tries to get help from the police, um, reporting the death threats, those kinds of things, and gets no response. He gets no help. So things online escalate between all these these parties. And next thing you know, um, Yaniva is starting to make complaints about Donald. He's starting to build the file because this seems to be how Jonathan Yaniv acts. He knows the police. Now we're talking about three different detachments. We're talking about the Vancouver Police Department, Surrey RCMP, and Langley RCMP. Now all three of these detachments are well known for being um, promoting um, their willingness to appease the LGBT communities. Okay, they fly pride flags. They put out T-shirts. There's a special liaison officer at most of these detachments that service the LGBTQ. When you look at what's been transpiring in our RCMP policies over the last few years, it gets very concerning because it's almost like special privilege, special attention, special treatment. And I do believe that this has contributed greatly to the situation that Donald found himself in uh, with the RCMP with the VPD. So while there's great sympathy, um, you know, nobody wants to step on the tones of a trans activist because God forbid you're going to be hauled up before the human rights commissions, right? So um, Yaniv continues on with the torments of Donald. Um, at one point, somebody orchestrated a SWAT on Yaniv's condo. And uh, the police officers arrived at that. Uh, fortunately, Yaniv threatened Donald. He believed Donald had been responsible. Now, that's not something that Donald would do. I don't think he would even enter his mind to do that. Um, and we have online threats from Yaniv saying, Donald, I'm not going to let this one go. And sure enough, two days later, five officers from the Vancouver Police Department knock on Donald's door for a wellness check. Well, that's terrifying to somebody like Donald who has had inter exchanges with the police. Lots of times the police don't understand right off the bat that of Donald's vulnerabilities and, and challenges. And I'm gonna say challenges because Donald can be very challenging. Um, provoking it would be an understatement in these cases. But I think once the police officers understand what they're dealing with, they're mostly pretty kind to Donald. So anyway, again, Donald tries to get help. And if I could share the, uh, and maybe I will once we get the, the court stuff finished in this, um, the heartfelt pleas of Donald, because he fortunately recorded his calls to the RCMP. He recorded his calls to the police. Smart. Uh, so smart. Good man, good man. And he's saying, I've done this. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody will help me. So things escalate, and uh, next thing you know, um, Jonathan Yaniv has a court date coming up. 
and uh, Donald wants to attend it. It's for December 5th. And uh, leading up to this, there's quite a few exchanges online where Donald says he's going to be attending this. And by now in December 3rd, Donald knows that the police aren't going to do anything to protect him. He's gone months of trying to get their attention, begging them to help. And uh, he live streams that he's going to be attending this. Well, Yaniv provides uh, the uh, video to the police saying that um, Donald is threatening him, threatening him. What Yaniv didn't do, though, is provide the emails that he was sending to Donald during the live stream, threatening to beat the shit out of him, all these kinds of things. Don't you show up. Um, vile, hostile, violent threats. Finally, at some point in the video, Donald says, well, if you come after me, man, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Well, so that's what Yaniv goes to the police for. Now, under normal circumstances, I would not be um, too accommodating to somebody who threatens that. But after learning this story, looking at the numerous attempts that Donald did to seek legal, lawful remedy to the ongoing threats. I mean, these are death threats, Sheila. I'm going yeah. to kill you. Um, and other, we and we know how violent Yaniv is. Oh um, yeah. I mean, I regrettably for Keenan Bixby and and um, you, uh, Mr. Menzies, but you know, and you. I mean, you have to go to court with bodyguards. Yeah. Right. Um, when I was at the court. Um, House one day, I had to have intervention from the sheriffs from Yaniv's mother, you know. It, I believe it, it. Yeah. So December 5th comes, Donald goes to um, attend the hearing and ends up being arrested. Now, I have the disclosure because I'm the advocate for Donald in this case. Uh, and this was predetermined. He was he, he he was going down. They weren't going to let him into the courthouse. They weren't going to do anything. And nobody bothered to investigate. Nobody bothered to get Donald's side on this. He was just simply arrested. He was refused entry to the courthouse, and he was arrested. So he has um, a, a hearing at that point. Um, he gets uh, released on his own reconnaissance and an undertaking of not to contact Yanif or be in the vicinity of Yanif. So as things escalate and Yanif knows that he's going to be in court again, Yanif contacts the um, Langley RCMP and claims that Donald has breached the order. And this is a supposed email that Donald has sent to Yanif, um, which clearly if the RCMP and Langley had done any, any minuscule act of investigation would have seen that it was highly unlikely that Donald had sent that email. It's just so obviously phony. Regrettably, they didn't. And uh, Donald, while walking down the street in Vancouver, was arrested and placed in jail for 39 days. Now, um, at, at first, um, he had a bail hearing, but nobody knew he was in jail. He, he's in jail. Who do you call? What do you do? And if you're Donald, you're just like, the system is against me, right? He's yeah. had encounters with the police all his life because of his issues. 
he's now in the most hostile environment that he can absolutely believe him impossible. He's scared. Um, and nobody knows he's, he's there until, you know, you look at some of the online comments, like what happened to Donald, right? And uh, right. where's Donald? But finally, some of his online friends find out that he's been in, incarcerated in, at Surrey pretrial. And uh, he has a, a hearing coming up for a plea. So I get all of a sudden inundated with these people. I have no idea who they are. Um, Carrie, you need to help Donald. Like, and, you know, I, and in all honesty, the last time I saw Donald, I remember telling him, Donald, look, you have to be, you know, maybe it's the mom and me, but inside yeah. voice. We're in court, right? Donald, inside voice. And not wanting to particularly have anything to do with him, right? Because it takes so much energy to deal with him. Um, anyway, and so suddenly you want me to help Donald, right? Well, when I heard what had happened and how he had been set up and, and I have to give credit, I've never seen anything like it, Sheila. I help a lot of people, you know, families with apprehension cases, you know, all kinds of things, thousands of cases. I have never seen so many people come together to help somebody that they probably don't even know in person. Um, I received Excel sheets of uh, all the things that Yanif has said online, you know, threatening Donald, all those kinds of things. Like I said, reporter Anna Slats came through with, like, Carrie, what do you need? Here's the telephone logs. It was just an amazing, amazing experience from my point of view. I mean, it's a lot, trust me, a lot of work. Donald did a lot of videos. Um, but you know what? It gives you hope and humanity, you know, that there's a lot of good people out there taking care of people who may be not able to take care of themselves. So I go to this hearing um, just a little bit unsure of what's going on because I've just carried, you know, the, the hearings today, it's a plea. And, you know, this is what's gone on. So the night before, I'm, I think I didn't get much sleep, just reviewing all the information. And by the time I got to court, I was quite incensed at the whole system, Sheila, that nobody had bothered to investigate. Donald was an easy target, and it was easier for the law enforcement agencies just to shut him down and appease Yanif, not look at what was going on, not test whether what, what he was saying was true or not. So at the, the hearing, um, and, and this is probably what put me over the edge, the prisoner box is right um, in front, and Yanif sits himself right in front of where Donald has to be. And, uh, you know, that's just, that's harassment. That's, that's vicious. The fun thing, though, is Donald refuses to come out while Yanif's in the courtroom. <laughs> so... So eventually, um, you know, the court, or the, the sheriffs just tell Yanif he's not coming out while you're here and he probably won't come out today. So, so Yanif leaves. So by this time, it's been clear to me that um, the sheriffs at the Surrey Courthouse and, and other law enforcement agencies may be um, getting on to the, the drama that's associated with Yanif. So um, they inform Yanif that Donald's not going to show. So he leaves 
they actually follow him out and make sure he leaves um, before they're going to tell Donald that it's, it's safe to come out now. Now, during this time, I had the opportunity to speak with Donald's um, legal aid lawyer who was being represented that day by an Arnold student. And I said to her, I said, I want you to, to let the court know that somebody is here in support of Donald and we want a bail hearing. And uh, she goes, well, that's, you can't have a bail hearing. It's been, not been 30 days. I said, I, I want it on the record that we want a bail hearing. Nobody knew last time to help Donald, those kinds of things. So Donald comes out. Well, of course, he's so excited to see me. And, uh, you know, not much is, is done at this proceeding except to put it over to another date for a plea. And, uh, you know, the, the big heart sign. And, you know, it, it, it was quite endearing to me. I'll admit, I pretty tough, but that was pretty special. Um, just to know that by being there, somebody, you give somebody hope, like, and that's, yeah. I mean, important to me, it's really sad as well, right? But so the court, you know, she, the, the articling student puts it on the record that we want a bail hearing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that day is over. So over the course of the next few weeks, I managed to go in and visit Donald every Saturday. And uh, we, we brought him, got him money to pay for his housing because he had that. Uh, money for commissary, you know, it, because once you're incarcerated, you, you know, unless you have family or friends, you don't have any goods. Um, I was also able, fortunately, we have some good connections with the sheriffs and and uh, law enforcement agencies, and, and we were able to ensure that he was being treated well and given a job and that kind of thing. If you have a job in jail, that's three quarters of the battle. So the things went well, and I talked to Donald about what he wanted to do. And, uh, you know, the lawyers, of course, legal aid lawyers, they're good people, but they see a lot of these, so they just try to mitigate. But I, I told the legal aid lawyer, I said, look, I want a bail hearing. Well, we can't do that. And I said, make it happen. Nobody was here for the last one. So at the next hearing, um, Donald um, we do the plea and this time Yanif is in the, again, sitting right in front of where Donald's going to come out. Crown made Yanif move, which was interesting, um, because, you know, again, it, it doesn't look good. And Donald comes out and, and I said, Donald, when you come out, if Yanif's there, you just look at me, you know, cause we had time to talk when I would visit him on the Saturdays. And I said, just look at me. And of course, he was. Um, now he's in fighting mode because he has people standing with him. And and uh, you know, I again, I have to say that I have quite a, a large spot in my heart these days for Donald Smith. So the judge comes out, and uh, Donald, in full Donald, says, "Not guilty, Your Honor." Da 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 da. You know, and and, <laughs> and of course that <laughs> that. Um, uh, sent Yanif into a tirade online that Donald was inappropriate in his outbursts and all this nonsense. But anyway, so um, we put the the um, the not guilty plea in. Now he's supposed to stay in jail till June, right? So you have to appreciate too during this time Yanif is outside Surrey pretrial where Donald is incarcerated, making videos gloating about you know, how he got Donald arrested and these kinds of things. He's online threatening everybody. 
um, you, you know, don't piss me off, you know, I'll do, I'll pull a Donald on you, you know, and this kind of, it was just everywhere you look. So Yanov is quite pleased with himself and, you know, he's, he's in there till June, you know, he ain't coming out anytime soon. So between myself and the lawyer, we finally convinced Crown to have a bail hearing and, uh, that, that transpires and, um, Fortunately, Crown says okay because they said that at the first time they didn't really want to, but they but we said, look, you weren't opposed to it the first go around. So this time we go back uh, before the judge, and uh, I ended up speaking to the judge myself about D Donald and his online community, and you know this. There's probably more to this case than what has been presented, and uh, the judge agreed to give him bail. So. We were able to get Donald out of jail um, on a $10,000 surety. And uh, so I posted my home um, because there's certain uh, conditions assigned to a surety. You can't have two people on title. You can't um, have, you know, it has to be worth more than what the surety and all this other interesting. You have to get land titles office. There's a whole bunch of work that goes into just doing that. So, um, so I posted that when I think um, when we then, to the delight of the online crowd, telling Jonathan Yaniv that Donald had been sprung, you know, that Donald is free, um, sent him into a tirade. I can only imagine, um, you know, he was embarrassed. He was, you know, all the things that he thought about the case um, were now changed. And the person responsible for that is... Carrie Simpson. So that put a target on my back. So then we see um, a number of things. Yana starts targeting me online and what have you. And then one day I'm sitting here in my office and I can't see the cars. We're on the second floor here. I can't see the cars that are parked right down below here. But for whatever reason, I got up, which is unusual because I'm usually busy meeting after meeting. And I look out and there's this guy taking pictures of my office in the parking lot and <laughs> it's Yana, right so i grab my my uh my phone and i videotape him so getting in his car pulling out giving me the bird right stopping taking pictures and he posted it online right and uh of course um you know, this is just, you know, then two minutes later, the poor uh, tenant from downstairs that the business owner of the travel agency comes up knocking on our door just in a panic. <laughs> What's going on, right? She's terrified. These two people, Yanif and his mom, are in her office just, you know, ragging on her right about this person upstairs. Apparently, we were harboring Donald in the office. <laughs> so anyway so well make sure you lock your doors they're you know crazy right so um yeah so it's been like I said that's uh part of the story um but certainly um I think what happened this last week with the lawsuit uh, brings a whole new dimension to it yeah let's talk about that because be, and I think you and I were talking about this off air, but I think it is because you have leveled this major defeat against Jonathan Yaniv. You've exposed him for the predatory um, 
manipulator of vulnerable people that he really is that now you're the bad guy. Now he has to shut you up because you can actually expose all the terrible things that he did to this vulnerable man, Donald Smith. Oh, I, I think exactly. So last Monday, March 16th, um, we were back in court. Uh, Yaniv had to um, do his plea on his weapons charges, right? So this stems from the Blair White show where he, you know, showed his tasers and his guns and somehow he managed to um, uh, lobby the crown and uh, negotiate down to just one count. Yeah. So we went to court. Um, but I went by myself, but another gentleman there by the name of Chris was there as well. And uh, he's the witness in the Amy, Amy Ham case, because remember, Amy Ham sexually assaulted Jonathan Yaniv in the women's washroom. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And now, so outlandish. She ran away out of the bathroom. <laughs> well, now apparently it's gone to voyeurism. So it's the fastest voyeuristic act we on record, I'm sure. Um, so he was there, fortunately. So we we go into the court, and of course it's it's coronavirus time, right? So the court yeah. procedures and practices are changed. Um, they only allow you to sit in the courtroom for the proceeding that you're there for, which is nice that you at least get to do that. So I talked to the sheriffs and he said, well, what, when are you here on? And I said, the Yaniv case. And he says, oh, we're probably going to get that one first out of the gate. And I said, okay, but no Yaniv, right? No, he doesn't show. Next thing I hear a crown prosecutor talking to somebody on the phone. I'm not sure if it was Yaniv, but he says, look, you live in Langley. Today you're in court. Get in here. And in the same kind of time frame it would take to get um, from Langley to, to the court, Yaniv shows up. So I look down the hall, which are very long quarters at Surrey Provincial Court, and uh, I see Yaniv coming in, and he spots uh, Chris and myself and immediately goes into a, a fit, just a fit. Starts summoning sheriffs who all come a-running, and I said to Chris, I said, okay, next the, the, the sheriffs are going to come talk to us, right? So sure enough, the very officious sheriff wanders over. Um, what is the purpose of your, you know, your presence here? Well, we're here for the Yaniv case, you know, yeah. no, we're, you know, um, oh, uh, well, you know, uh, we both, I mean, you're not going to mess with somebody like Chris and myself. We know our rights. We know we have a right, right there. Said, look, don't worry. You know, um, we're we, we're not the troublemakers. You know, usually your problem stands with Yaniv. So that was fine. So he wanders off, and now there's probably four or five sheriffs all surrounding Yaniv down, you know, 300 yards away. And uh, next, another officious individual walks in. He says, "You know, you can't record or take photos in the courthouse." Absolutely. You know, like we're absolutely no problem from us. So we walked a little bit longer. Next, the RCMP show up. Okay. So apparently, according to another reporter who contacted the RCMP station uh, the day after, uh, the file was generated. Now, I know there was a file generated because after court, I just said to Chris, I said, you know what, let's just walk over to the RCMP detachment, which is just across the street from the courthouse in Surrey. And let's just see if he created another file. I mean, 
the files that are generated as a result of Yaniv are very concerning. It, it's beyond public mischief. It's public right. abuse. So, of course, we wander over there and, and uh, do you have ID? Yeah. Yes, there was a file generated today. <laughs> um, so I found out the next day from the other reporter that the information that she received was that I had caused a, a disruption at the courtroom. <laughs> you know, okay, sitting there by my very presence, I'm disrupting, I guess, Sheila, just this power yeah. that I possess to cause havoc while remaining seated is just, well, I think you have the same power. I do. You know? I do. Yeah. yeah. Do you it's know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, so then next thing I know is I'm being uh, notified because this online community constantly monitors the online court reports. Yaniv has now filed a lawsuit in the small claims court um, against me and Donald Smith. There's another one there for Donald as well. Um, he's very triggered because I won't use the proper pronouns and that somehow is promoting hatred and contempt for him. Um, the fact that I have an office here and observed his car, he's now suicidal as a result of it. So, and I should tell, you know, your viewers, the reason why this guy gets away with this kind of stuff is because the court is constantly accommodating him. When he went to file a notice of civil claim in the Supreme Court against Donald Smith, he gets his fees waived, right? He claims that he's not making enough income. He claims that he has dependent children. What? That is on the affidavit he swore in in favor of waiving his fees, right? Um, the good news is he also acknowledges owning a condo that's worth $200,000. So, you know, that gives an opportunity for those that are being assaulted with canes and fists and uh, fraudulent lawsuits, you know, that we do have remedy there. So in, in a way, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this case because I've wanted a vehicle to once and for all deal with the issues around compelled speech, pronouns, those kinds of things. So in, in, a, in a unique and interesting way, Yanif has paved that road for us to once and for all in this nation make a determination in the courts as to my right not to have to engage in other people's delusions. So um, there, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and I think we're all going to be following it very closely. I know I am for sure. Uh, it's just so fascinating how it, it, Jonathan Yaniv is like a black hole that just sucks up everything all around it into it. I mean, you were on the periphery and then you ended up helping one of Jonathan Yaniv's victims because that's absolutely what Donald Smith is. His freedom was taken away. Okay. And then, then you end up um, in a lawsuit because you caught him taking pictures of you and that somehow that made him suicidal. It is so crazy. Um, how, thank you for sharing your story. I mean, it's just a lot to digest, but how can people carry, how can they help you and how can they support the work that you're doing, especially now that you're up against uh, Jonathan Yaniv? Well, we do have a fundraiser for, for Donald Smith and I would appreciate um, any any financial help on that front. I can tell you this case has taken a lot of time and energy, mostly because not only am I trying to help Donald, I'm trying to stop further abuse of our courts, 
of other people, of other innocent people. And I can tell you that that's also going very well. I had a very good meeting with the RCMP, um, and I expect a few more in, a, in, a, in, in other detachments. I expect um, some very good meetings with Crown in, in the near future. Um, but in order to, um, you know, we've had to do all the work, right? We've had to do the transcribing of the, the videos, the transcribing of help. We're the ones that have to show the investigating officers of, hey, you should have looked at this email, compared it to the emails that you had from Donald, those kinds of things. And, you know, it's, we could begrudge having to do the work, but you know what? There's a good side to that too, Sheila, in that if we do it, they're going to know the extent that they have been manipulated. Um, and maybe there'll be a whole revisit of the entire RCMP organization on how they deal with these cases. So there could be some good come out of it, but it has been exhausting. It has been a huge amount of work and cost, you know, putting binders together with all the tabs and those kinds of things. You know, it's a hundred bucks here, 500 bucks there. So we do have the, the Donald Smith fundraiser. All of those funds go to help um, us uh, recoup some of the costs associated with what we call a very good public service work at this point. If we can stop the insanity and the abuse of our resources as taxpayers and of people, innocent people, vulnerable people, not just Donald Smith, but you know, those estheticians, those hardworking women. Um, I was just downstairs at, at one of the facilities close by here, um, and Yanif became a discussion. Everybody had a story. I work in a gynecologist's office. He's been trying to get an appointment with us. Um, oh, he wanted a job here. He made my staff fill out his resume. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's out. Um, I don't want him in the public change rooms here in Langley. This this man is a predator. He has fetishes that are not healthy and should not be around our young and vulnerable women and, and young ladies and young girls. Um, and in a way, this may be the case that will be the turning point for this lunacy around this gender identity expression. And as I say, go ahead. I would defend Yanni's right to dress up like a woman put on lipsticks, whatever you want to do, but you'll never be a woman. You'll never have what I have. And you should not be able to skew statistics around biological females. You should not abuse our private places and you should not bring your predatory conduct to a place where you are, can harm vulnerable people. And that predatory conduct goes to what he's doing online to Donald Smith what he did to those estheticians, what he's doing to these young girls that he um, grooms online. And at some point, somebody has to compile all that information and get some justice done. And I can say I'm pretty optimistic that something good is going to happen along those lines. Carrie, from your lips to God's ears, where can people find the link to the fundraiser for Donald Smith and the work you're doing for him? So it's on cultureguard.com. Um, you can follow us on Facebook as well. It'll be reposted on, on that. Um, and yeah, cultureguard.com has most of the information about what's going on and who we're involved with. We have a number of challenges going on right now that just expose the craziness that uh, the Western world seems to have embraced and uh, needs to uh, purge itself from. So 
um, yeah, busy times on a lot of fronts, but uh, never boring, Sheila. No, never boring. Carrie, I want to thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. It's a big story that required a lot of storytelling um, and your patience with me and my Skype connection as all of the county that I live in is apparently on the internet on the one tower. <laughs> so, so we had we had a few bumps in the road, um, but um, you're very patient and forgiving with me. Carrie, we'll have you back on the show really soon because I think... I think we're all going to be following what happens with you and Jonathan Yaniv very closely. Well, and I want to say, Sheila, to you and everybody at Rebel Media, um, this is truly a new world. And uh, I thank you for all the good work you and your colleagues do there. Um, it is a, a challenge, I know, but uh, we are making inroads and a difference. And I think civil Canadians across the country are rising up and, and some good is going to come out of it in the very near future. So my appreciation to all of you, the rebel. Oh, thank you so much. And I appreciate your, your optimism. You're really seeing the silver lining in all of this and it's hard. Um, thanks again, Carrie. All right. Bye for now. What a wild story. I just want Jonathan Yaniv to stop, and I hope between Carrie and us here at Rebel News, we can put an end to his reign of tyranny. Kian and David are both suing Yaniv for the assaults against them, and you can support their lawsuit at yanivtrial.com. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. Please Stay healthy and don't go stir crazy. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.